Diaguita Cardi Conasitatu. Welcome to Robbie's Corner. How we how we doing? Hope you're keeping well. Hope you're minding yourself in a pandemic. <gasps> Tough difficult days, difficult roads, difficult road lies ahead. <laughs> how are you keeping him as that? So hope you're keeping well. Um I'm officially um well not totally, but I'm um, basically effectively completely uh finished college now, hang on. Let me start this. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm effectively completely and utterly finished college now, uh, which is great. Um, I've got a couple of other kind of uh, labs and stuff to hand in, but other but on paper, yeah, I'm I'm sorted and I'm ready to f- get the f- fuck out of here. So we're officially. If you were listening last week, I was saying about how I'm looking forward to the freedom. That I'm gonna have to create loads of new shit. That I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm getting a lot of time to just, uh, to just try some, try some shit out. You know what I mean? And because uh, I have this podcast, um, I have a lot of, um, I just have uh, freedom to just fucking go for it. You know what I mean? And just, tr- it, it just gives me, a, it gives me a space to just uh, uh, do kind of creative things. Do you know what I mean? Which is good, um, and as well because it's weekly, it kind of forces me to kind of it forces me to do stuff. Do you, do you know what I mean? Uh, I have a deadline, which I don't necessarily have to stay to. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's only it's only you listening. Like, who gives a fuck about you? <laughs> but like, do you know, it, it kind of it, it keeps it keeps me it keeps me motivated, and I have to be putting up stuff as much as possible. But in the next few months, I don't know what what's really gonna happen. What, what's what's gonna happen? I have ideas of stuff I want to try out and blah blah blah, blah. but um, I really I really don't really um, have any. Um, how would you say? I don't have any set plans. So, uh, like I was saying, um, I might end up taking a couple of weeks off uh, to work on. Uh, kind of bigger podcast if I'm if I'm doing something not if I'm doing like a talk one like this one but if I'm doing like I've done sketches so if I uh, I could be doing other stuff I was uh, all sorts of just doing I was thinking about doing like narrative ones or something like that I'm not sure but um because I'm officially off now um I can kind of go full time which is kind of cool just kind of cool. <laughs> Um, I'll be honest, it's taken me a while to just fucking pan out, do you know what I mean? Because I'm ju- I've just been, um, uh, how would you put it? I've just been, um, I've just been flat out, do you know what I mean? I've just been flat out with college. So, I'm allowing myself a little bit of a break as well at the same time. Um, but uh, I am mad to be getting into doing more podcasts so I haven't forgot about you don't worry <laughs> um, so yeah so uh, so this week's podcast isn't a sketch or isn't a internet this is me talking this is uh, slightly coming back we're kind of uh, bringing it back to to one of my early ones actually back to the first one uh, if you were if you were uh, if you're a long-time listener, a uh, uh, long time for this podcast means 
a couple of months ago, but <laughs> yeah, if you've been listening since the start, you would have heard my podcast about uh, age ratings in films. And now I want to talk about a similar t- topic, but for uh, music. And essentially, they tried to have an age rating for music, and they kind of failed, and they kind of didn't. Uh, and I want to tell the story of how that uh, how that came to be. Essentially, what I'm talking about is what they have now is the uh, parental advisory sticker, which uh, I'm sure if you, if you see any album, it'll, it'll have that sticker down the bottom corner if there's any explicit content in it. So I want to talk about the history of that sticker. So around 1980, this would have been around 84, 85, right? There was a woman called Tipper Gore. She's still alive. Uh, Her husband is a man called Al Gore, who's a senator. I think he ran for president as well. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he ran for president in the US. And... uh, to be honest, I don't know much about Al Gore. The only thing I know about Al Gore is um, from South Park, which isn't great. <laughs> I, all I imagine is him with a cape saying Excelsior and talking about Man Bear Pig. Uh, <laughs> so that's all I know about. The Gore family gets an, gets an awful doing. So this woman, Tipper Gore, she has, um, I think, at the, I'm not sure how many children she has at the time, but she buys the album Purple Rain by Prince for her daughter. And she's all delighted. Oh my god, I bought my daughter the new Prince album. And she's fucking lo- loving life and she's delighted with herself, right? So her two daughters are around 11 and 8 years old. And then she walks in one day and them listening to this album. And they're listening to a song called Darling Nikki. If you know the song Darling Nikki, you'll know why that's problematic. If you don't know the song, it's famous for its for its lyrics. So the lyrics of the song, uh, I met a little girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine. So Tipper Gore hears her two kids listening to this and freaks the fuck out. Tipper Gore is going nuts. She is freaking the fuck out. She's saying this is not appropriate for my children to be listening. And she takes the album off her kids and says, this is awful. My kids shouldn't be shouldn't be exposed to this type of thing. And she flips her shit, right? And this provokes her to start an organization called the Parents Music Resource Center otherwise known as the PMRC now the PMRC were a group of I want to try and stay fairly in the center (laughs) I don't want to be too opinionated about the PMRC but the PMRC were a bunch of overbearing mothers who had nothing better to be doing (laughs) So, but the the PMRC were a group of were a group of women, um, parents, but they were all they were all women as far as I know, who were concerned about uh, the music that their children were exposed to. Um, 
and they started this group because they wanted they wanted a better more of a warning and um, and more awareness of the type of music that's out there and that people's ch- and that people's children are listening to and wanted to make people aware of the music that their children were listening to because when they started looking and this was 1984 so in terms of um I mean, this is the mid '80s, right? So you had, you had all the you know classic '80s bands and all the rest of it. But another genre of music that was fucking huge in the '80s, in terms of, in terms of rock music, it was heavy metal music that was the big, that was the big. Um, that in terms of rock music, that was the big genre at the time. And there's kind of. <sighs> Heavy metal is a, is an interesting genre because what happens with heavy metal is there's kind of two schools of heavy metal, especially in the eighties. So in the eighties, there's there's a difference between hair metal and death metal. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm not too well versed in my metal, as I've said it before. I'm more on the side of punk, so I. I, I, I I'm not too well versed in my metal genre, so some of the metal heads listening are probably getting tick at me. But this, so those are the kind of two schools. So on the hair metal side, you have bands like Motley Crue, uh, Kiss, and stuff like that, right? Not a lot of um, lyrically, it's not very dark, but it's it's quite um, explicit, and it's all about like Motley Crue. Like Motley Crue are famous for having ridiculous rock star lifestyles, and all their music was about was about women and having sex with women. Um, so that was kind of the kind of hair metal side, and then on the other side, then you have bands like Slayer, um, Black Sabbath, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, one of the greatest bands of all time, and uh, stuff like that. And on that side, it's it's not necessarily about it's not about sex and women and stuff, but it's about a lot of it is. There's a lot of references to. Satan, and there's a lot of references to, you know, the kind of, yeah, a lot of references, a lot of references to Satan, um, and, I mean, there's a whole genre uh, not referred to as doom metal, I mean, the reason Black Sabbath is considered, so Black Sabbath would be considered the first ever heavy metal band, right, so if you look up the first ever heavy metal band, people say, it's Black Sabbath. Now I spoke before about how people said the first ever heavy metal song is Helter Skelter. But the first ever heavy metal band uh, would generally be considered to be Black Sabbath. And the thing about Black Sabbath, the first song on their first album is called Black Sabbath. And if you listen to that, you can find it on Spotify. It starts off um, it starts off, all you hear is like kind of thundery weather. So you hear rain and lightning and thunder and you hear a church bell just slightly just dinging and then the music kicks in. And when you hear this, it sounds, it might sound stupid if you don't know what I'm talking about, but it sounds like Doom is a weird word to use, but it sounds like some sort of 
it just sounds so, like something bad's happening. It just sounds negative. It just sounds... There's just a feeling of dread going on. It's not, It's like something out of a horror movie or something. You know, and it sounds like... It sounds like some sort of satanic apocalypse. And then what are the lyrics about? It's about some sort of weird satanic apocalypse. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, some, of the, some of the lyrics of the song... Like Satan sitting there, he's smiling. As this is the end, my friend. Satan's coming round the bend. So this would have been they would have been one of the earliest bands to be referencing Satan in their music. So when the PMRC are looking at this, they're freaking the fuck out. They're going, "Oh my god, our children are being exposed to sexual content." Item one. And what they refer to as the occult. Which the occult, not cult, occult, basically often, for them anyway, all that meant was anything that wasn't Christian. Anything that went against their standard Christian values, essentially, was what they were opposing. They were like, no, no, you can't be, you can't be doing this. This is what your children are exposed to. And... Look, the thing, and a thing they often brought up as well was they were concerned. They were. There was a major concern for them. They were. There was many reports around that time of. There was many reports around the time of. Uh, people committing suicide listening to the listening to these albums listening to this music and committing suicide while they were listening to it they were listening to this. It, there's, there's several bands around that time um, and it's all heavy metal music several bands uh, ACDC Black Sabbath as well and there's a lot of these uh, there was a lot of cases of that happening so then they were saying that people are listening to this music it's on the on the black sabbath side of the camp it was it's giving them sort of satanic ideas and it's putting these ideas into their heads and it's making them want to go out and commit suicide which it doesn't by the way i'll get to that in a second and then on the hair metal side of things the motley crews and and whatnot they were saying oh this is making people want to go out and take drugs and have you know sex with lots of people which I mean, that's just a fucking stupid non-argument. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> but that that was a serious problem at the time of um, young people committing suicide listening to this music. Now, my take on that before going any further, my take on that is I think I, I've referenced this before. I talked about this when I talked about Nirvana. Is there's a... I say this all the time, like, it's it's not, the, the simplest way I could put it in one sentence, music doesn't, this sort of music doesn't give people mental health problems, it, att- it attracts people with mental health problems, and I'm not saying that in a judgmental way, I'm a big fan of this music, <laughs> um, 
and I talked about this when I when I spoke about Nirvana. I said this that there was a feeling of being about fifteen years old and being you know riddled with angst and riddled with you know just just a constant feeling of worry and kind of unrest. And then suddenly you're hearing this music that seems to somehow reflect how you're feeling. It's fucking mind blown. And that's what's going on there, I think. And it's 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 a form of expression, and it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It it doesn't make you want to cause harm to other people or yourself. It really doesn't. I I really don't think that's the that that's that's what's happening there. And also, I I get very I get very annoyed at those arguments as well because it's not getting to the root of the problem. I mean, they just to say they just there was a rise in suicide rates at the time, and they just blamed it on heavy metal. When you know the fucking suicide rates are still rising to this day, it didn't stop rising, and it's just going up, 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 and up. And you can fucking blame music, films, whatever the fuck you want, and you're you can do that for as long as you want. And you're never gonna actually gonna get the real solution if you're just doing that. It's a waste of time. Um. <sighs> For instance, there's a band called Suicidal Tendencies. Their lyrics are very much similar to the way <laughs> the name of the band might suggest. Particularly their first album. I fucking love that first album. But it's about... it's The, the singer, Mike Muir, he's about 19 at the time of recording the album. And it's songs about... This this song's about mental illness and uh, the their biggest song is a song called Institutionalized, which is essentially a song about how all these people are reaching out to him. It's not even he's not even singing, and it's not it's not rap either. It's just total spoken word. It's just saying these things that the people are trying to reach out to him. And trying to help him and trying to... They're trying to reach out to him. They're noticing he's having problems. And they're trying to reach out to him. And and it's him just lashing out saying, I'm not crazy, you're the one that's crazy. It's just this whole song. And I mean... If you wanted to take a very basic approach and say, look... Look at this band called Suicidal Tendencies, and they've got a song all about, all and they've got other songs. There's a song called Suicidal Failure about how he tried to kill himself but just can't bring himself to actually do it. And they have another song called Suicides an Alternative, <laughs> where they just list out all the things they hate. Just sick of music, sick of the government, sick of everything, and then he just screams, "Suicide is an alternative." I mean, you could take a very base level approach and say these bands want everyone to go and commit suicide. Or you could actually, you know, dig a little deeper. It's, it's, that's not what it is. It's a form of, it's an expression. And it's a form of expression. That's how, it's how the singer feels. Do you know what I mean? And that's pure expression as well. There's nothing commercial about that. You're not playing that shit on the radio. Do you know what I mean? There's, it's, it's very, um, that's real. It's from that. It's from the heart. You feel it. You feel that. Like, do you know what I mean? You feel like he's being honest. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Maybe a bit too honest, even. Um, and it, again, it, it might even be. I'm not saying it's necessarily totally 100% his experience, but it, it just might be. 
a certain way he's feeling but you know it doesn't necessarily reflect how they feel all the time and I always say this as well about actors like people say that fucking Heat Ledger went mental after he played the Joker like that's not what happened and and, and it's fucking immature for people to be going around saying this shit it was the same with Joaquin Phoenix people were saying oh man I'm actually worried about him because he had to go to some dark places no he didn't alright stop people are fucking children he dresses up as a clown and shoots Rob De Niro. He's not crazy. Alright? Maybe he is, but he, you don't... I always say, you don't go crazy from being an actor. Crazy people become actors. That's the way it works. It doesn't work the opposite way around. That's just the reality. Alright? So, that's my thoughts on that. But the PMRC were very concerned about what was going on at the time. So what what they were proposing was they wanted a sort of age rating similar to the film age rating, uh, which I spoke about before. So as a warning, so what they were going to have was they were going to have a symbol put on an album. So some of the symbols, there was an, a symbol that said O for the occult, so anything with references to Satan in it. Um, X for anything related to sex V for violence because they were appalled at the music that was coming out at the time now the thing about Tipper Gore was Tipper wasn't just some woman who hated music the exact opposite she was a drummer and she's a fan of she's a fan of a lot of the big bands that were out at the time she's a big fan of the Grateful Dead like she's not just some woman who doesn't get it she is she is when it was the the previous generation when it was when rock and roll was just starting to kick off in the 50s and the 60s and the previous and say the bands of the time their parents were saying no this is awful you can get it to an extent because it was just a totally new genre of music and it was just a totally new thing but tipper gore was a huge rock and roll fan and she felt it was going too far. That's what annoys me about Tipper Gore. It's it's just she just doesn't get it. She doesn't understand that she's after turning old now. It's just sad, really. I mean, I, I I could do a whole podcast on this as well. By the way, all music, all art forms, really, film, music, everything. I've spoke about art movements before, but essentially with everything, it's everything that comes out is a response to what was there previously. I could do a whole podcast about that, about what happened after metal in the 80s, but... Every generation hates the kind of generation or two before them. That's just a constant thing. Like, I'm... What am I? I'm Gen Z, is the name of my generation. Who gives a fuck? And there's a whole thing with my generation against baby boomers. It's a whole thing, but it's essentially just a meme. But <laughs> but it's, it's that's a whole thing, and that's just been happening since the dawn of time. It probably went on way back in the day. It probably went on hundreds of years ago, and it's probably going to happen again with the generations below me. And that's that's essentially what was happening here. Was that they were outraged and they wanted to enforce this new rating system onto onto music. 
that's all well and good. But Tipper was Al Gore's wife. And there were several other members of the PMRC who had husbands who worked in the White House. Or worked for the American government in general. And they were known as the Washington Wives. And Tipper Gore was the kind of one of the main spokespersons for the whole movement, right? So what ended up happening was, so it's all well and good that they could contact the record companies and request that they start happening. That would be fine. But what happened was, a Senate hearing was held. Now this is where it got dodgy, in my own opinion, was that there was a whole hearing against it to enforce this motion. And when you listen to stuff that they were saying in this hearing, it didn't just end at, we want to put a sticker to warn parents, which is one thing. I mean, if if parents want to be able to monitor what their children are listening to, that's fine. And if they want, if you want to make it a bit easier, because there's a lot of criticism of Tipper Gore and her child listening to Prince. People are always saying, well, she could have read the lyrics before she gave it to her child, because the album came with lyrics so you know she could have read the lyrics before she gave it to her child but if you want to make it a bit easier for parents that's all well and good i'm 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 not opposed to that but there was a hearing and all these senators were all trying to enforce this motion but when you listen to to stuff that was said at this hearing it gets strange and it becomes a serious violation of freedom of speech One man called Fritz Hollings said that he found that the music of today was appalling and that if he could find a way constitutionally to do away with all this music and stop them from making it, he would. He said that at the hearing, which is dodgy fucking territory, right? So this hearing is taking place and Tipper and the likes... I think that so the Washington wives are sat there at the table uh putting forward their motion to the to the senators most of which doing it to their fucking husbands by the way <laughs> Tipper Gore's looking directly at Al Gore just saying all right um <laughs> maybe Al Gore wasn't in favor of it at all he was just like oh I got to get the wife off my back <laughs> so they're putting this motion forward and and they were saying that the music has gone too far by their judgment. Um, they were calling comparisons. Those like saying, well, there was one thing when it was, I can't get no satisfaction, but now it's, let me put my love into you. And they compiled a list of songs that they refer to as the Filthy 15. And you can go and find this fucking list of songs, the Filthy 15. Have a flick through this list of songs ridiculous none of them are that bad at all like at all by today's standards as well none of them are that bad at all it's ridiculous right darling nikki's at the top of that list i don't know if it's meant to be ordered but tipper gore had it out for prince after that song (laughs) and um so so what happened then was they got three musicians to talk about it right so first one was the lead singer of Twisted Sister, D. Snyder is his name. Now they got him in because his song was included in, was included on the Filthy Fifteen list, right? The song "We're Not Gonna Take It" by 
uh, Twisted Sister was put in that list, which is fucking ridiculous, by the way, because there's nothing bad in that song whatsoever. Um, so he sits down, and he looks, and he did this purposefully, by the way. He looks very, you know, he looks, he's he's a very out there chap. He's he's got the fucking he's you know, he's in Twisted Sister. He's got the big fucking head of hair, and he's got you know, and he's and he, he didn't dress in a suit or nothing. He didn't dress like he was about to talk to a fucking senate. So he comes in looking like like he's in Twisted Sister, and he sits down, and they're kind of expecting him to be. They're they're expecting him to be an idiot, and he kind of sits down, and he's very smart and he has a whole very well written speech prepared about how what you're doing what you're proposing here is censorship and he talks in favor of protecting people's children if you don't want your children hearing certain stuff he talks in favor of all that but he says what you're proposing here is censorship and what you're proposing here is is that the government should have control over what people can and can't put in their music which is wrong very well articulate, probably threw them off slightly to be honest. And then they had Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa is another musician of the time, uh said a very similar thing. He said something He said what what they were proposing was the equivalent of because what they were proposing was to uh protect children by censoring them by censoring the music. He said that in that respect uh, what you're proposing is like treating dandruff by decapitation, <laughs> which is fairly true. I mean, it should come down to the individual parents, and they didn't like as well. Like I said, they'd already all a lot of these senators have had made their point clear that if they could censor them, which goes against freedom of speech, which is the First Amendment in the American Constitution, by the way. They openly said that they w- would like to be able to just break the constitution and stop these people from recording this music because it didn't uphold to their own moral standards. So they didn't like these musicians at all. They didn't like Frank Zappa and Dee Snyder coming in here and giving their opinion. They didn't. They just thought, well, fuck these guys anyway. Do you know what I mean? They didn't like, like they none of them were big. Well, they might have been, but none of them were like huge like Twisted Sister fans. I don't think any of them were like ah. Let's listen to what Twisted Sister have to say in the matter. Do you know what I mean? So, so I don't. It, to be honest, they mightn't. Even, they mightn't even have been fucking listening. To be honest. So, that's all going away fine. Um, then they had a third person come in, who was John Denver, and I reckon they were hoping John Denver would be on their side. Because they, because, you know, these, these are fairly, you know, um, what's the word, like, John Denver is, there's nothing, there's nothing too explicit or uh, outrageous about the music of John Denver at all. Like, John Denver as well is seen as a very uh, family-friendly, all-American type guy. Um, so, he sits down, and they're all likely to be fans of John Denver more than they were the other two anyway so they're all likely to be kind of sat there let's listen to what John Denver has to say and 
in an extreme curveball, John Denver sits down and says, what you are proposing is censorship. And censorship of any kind by a government is is the first step to oppression. And he said it was so in Nazi Germany and this is the first step towards that sort of oppression. That is what you are proposing here. You can only imagine that was a major kick in the balls for some of these fellas who were just appalled by... Who, who hated this, these lyrics and, and, and thought they were morally wrong and wanted them gone. And next thing, John Denver, John fucking Denver, he sat down saying, no, you're wrong here. You need, the, the, a government shouldn't have a say in how someone chooses to express themselves. That's ridiculous. Anyways, the hearing goes ahead. With the kicking the balls from John Denver aside, the hearing goes ahead, and the parental advisory sticker uh, was then ruled to have to go onto every album that contained explicit content. So I'm in two minds about that as a thing. Like I said, I'm all for. There being a warning on on albums and it being clear on an album that yes 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 this uh, contains explicit content. If you're a parent concerned about what your children are listening to, uh, don't buy this album. Or if you do, have a look at it yourself first and see if it's if you feel it's suitable for your children. I'm all for that. That's fine. But I'm not for it being forced on an album. And then what started happening was certain shops were starting to refuse to sell these records. If a record had that on it, certain shops were refusing to sell it. And certain states were also saying we might not um, allow these records to be sold in our states because they have explicit and morally uh, apparent lyrics in them. Which again, like if you, like I was saying, look at the fucking the list of the filthy fifteen. They were not that bad at all, but at the time, this was the worst thing that's ever happened ever. <laughs> These were the worst lyrics. There's a song called "Let Me Put My Love Into You." We want to make that illegal because we think that's awful. Um, that's where I that's where I take issue. And another thing is, I take issue. I take a lot of issue. With the age rating system in the US. Every other country has an age rating system. That's fine. I'm all for it as a thing. For again like I said parents to be able to look and go. Okay this must contain. Oh god oh this must contain fairly. I'm all for that. I'm not for it being literally against the law for a child under that age to watch it. Because that is just bullshit because that's just a rule that some that someone's man made up because they didn't want their son Jimmy watching it fuck off because as I said with the age ratings before I said this the last time what ends up happening is films have to change their content or 
dumbed down their content, edit out certain or edit out certain scenes, um, take out swear words. They're only allowed a certain amount of swear words if it's a certain rating, and they have to edit around all this to suit this ridiculous age rating system. That's just fucking censorship. Like I made the comparison last time with the Dark Knight, like. It's ridiculous what you can do, but by God, you can't say the word fuck because someone, someone's man might say it's not appropriate. Oh, but you can hold a gun to a child's head, but you can't say the word fuck more than once. Oh God, how dare you? Do you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's fucking ridiculous is what it is. And putting a parental advisory sticker, enforcing it, is the first step towards that. Luckily... It worked out okay. That went into effect, I think, in the year 1990. Totally. I mean, the band Two Life Crew um, ran into ran into ran into issues. If you know Two Life Two Life Crew, uh, they're the ones who sing. Somebody say, "We want some pussy." <laughs> That's a funny song, and all their songs are pretty much like that. I don't know much about them, I just know that song to be honest, but uh, all their songs are about sex, and, uh, you know, and that's that's just their, that's just their thing, um, and that's their, that's their style. Um, in Florida, in, was it 89 or 90, I believe, certain counties in florida made that illegal based on obscenity charges they said the album was obscene and that they made it illegal a fellow who owned a record store got arrested for selling this album he said no fuck that why shouldn't i be allowed to sell this album this is ridiculous this is none and he got arrested for doing that and the band two live crew went to court based on obscenity charges which is fucking it's, it's fucking insane over singing, hey, we want some pussy. Like that's just that's just a fun song, but someone said it was morally wrong. And if and they got away f- and they won th- and Two Life Crew won, and then the album became legal again in those counties because it was found not to be obscene. But if it had, if it if it had swung the other way, what could that have meant? Do you know what I mean? If, if if we hypothesize for a second, I mean, and sometimes you, if you do this, it's a case of like, yeah, well, if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bike. But like, okay, if that if that becomes outlawed because someone was offended and someone thought it was this, someone thought it was that. How long before? How long before complete albums are just uh, shunned and important albums? I mean. That album came out after Straight Outta Compton. But if Straight Outta Compton got the same... But if that had happened before Straight Outta Compton, and then Straight Outta Compton was just never made, the album was just never made, and the song Fuck The Place was just never made, what could they have meant? Because that's an important song. That's an important song. That was a, That's important for everyone. Everyone is aware. I mean, the world wasn't aware of the issue of police brutality and uh, in these areas in 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 the US until fuck the police came along 
the world just wasn't aware of it. That was like one of the first steps for people to be consciously aware of it. And obviously in the times we live in now, I don't need to remind everyone why that's important. So if that became outlawed and that album was just never made, what could that have meant? You could say you're being ridiculous and you're reaching there, but I don't think I am. But Two Life Crew was after Stater Compton and Two Life Crew got away with it. And Two Life Crew, fair play to them. Well done, Two Life Crew. And the explicit sticker didn't seem to have as damaging effect on the music industry as as it could have done. The big issue I take with any of these things is the infringement of freedom of speech. Which is probably one of the most important rights that we have. Every totalitarian regime in in history, every dictatorship, every negative totalitarian government that has ever happened in history have, have had haven't had free speech and free speech is a fairly new law or a fairly new right and it's an important right and when it comes down to someone being offended someone finding something obscene one person thinks it's morally wrong isn't grounds to make it illegal I'll give the example I give some way I I'll give the example I always give. Here in Ireland, Father Tate came out when it was just not okay to make fun of the church. It was just not a thing. It was just a no-go. That was the sacred cow. You don't touch it. You could... I mean, the Late Late Show was already criticising some of the church's values fair. The Late Late Show, you know, was very important in terms of doing that. So certain things like the Late Late Show were discussing divorce and condoms and gay sex. And and uh, that was very much going against the values of the church. But Father Ted was like the first thing that just out and out took the pace of the church. In the mid-90s when it was just not okay. You just didn't do that. And it didn't just take the piss out of priests. It wasn't just, oh look at these priests. Every now and again it would... It would have priests and it would there would be jokes based on real scandals. I mean Bishop Brennan having a having a child secretly, all these things based on real things that did happen. And this was the first this was the first thing and it became socially acceptable then. It's now socially acceptable to criticize the church. You can make fun of the church if you want, but to criticize the church isn't a weird taboo anymore. I mean just a couple of weeks ago I did a whole podcast on religion. If it wasn't for Father Ted, I mightn't have been able to do that. And that's not an exaggeration. If it wasn't for things like Father Ted, Father Ted's a major milestone in 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 that kind of in that respect, right? But at the time, if if the, if the government had the right to remove that show and not let that show be made, not let that show be seen by Irish people, if they had that right. Those ideas would never have been spread. And those... And... Fuck knows. I mightn't have been able to do the podcast this there the other week. Criticising religion. I mightn't have been able to do that at all. 
freedom of speech is of is is extremely important whether it offends someone or not the expression of ideas is an important right that has to be upheld and it has to be questioned all the time because it's very easy to it's very easy to outlaw it it's very easy for these things to happen it's very easy for tipper gore to listen to an album and go ah here and on on this isn't good for my daughter it's very easy for people to do that So it needs to be constantly brought into question. Constantly. Even if they don't agree with you. Even if it offends you. I'll happily defend someone's right to... Right right to free speech. To offend me. Feel free to insult me. Feel free to insult me. If you insult me, fine. If you criticise me, if you say, you know what, I think that Robbie's a twat. And you go to court for it. I will defend your right to say it. (laughs) But that's the problem I have. And that's the problem I have with the film one. I mean film just. There's no free freedom of speech in Hollywood. Like it just doesn't exist. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. If you want it. Do you know what I mean? That's just the way it works. And in music. That hasn't happened. They tried. They tried to. And they failed. So, I mean, even today, there's still people getting outraged when, you know, Cardi B sings a song, uh, releases a song about how wet her vagina is. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or just there recently, uh, what's his name? Lil Nas X. Um, I'm not much of a fan of him, but uh, he had the, the music video where he essentially fucks Satan. I don't know if you've seen it. He essentially fucks Satan in the video and then kills Satan and then crowns himself Satan at the end. And there was huge backlash over that. Which, you know, people are people have right to criticise the thing. But it's important that music maintains that level of free expression, free thought and freedom to go to whatever avenue they wish. Because it's important that people can do that. Not just in music, with everything. So on that note, all I leave you with, have a nice day, or evening, depending on when you're listening to me. Hug your mother, if you have her. Hug your father, if you have him. And just be fucking sound to everyone. Alright, you bunch of cunts, I'll leave you with that. Good luck.